As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues! You can't trade Alex Steen. And Regina, or Regina if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, why not Bennington? Real men, you drink pumpkin beer. Get ready to hear some noise tonight! Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, guys. This is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Pondered. Of course, I'm joined by, uh, well, we'll talk about who I'm joined by here in a little bit. Uh, but this is uh, episode 51 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the fully vaccinated, often imitated, but never duplicated, the totally unconsecrated. We are the original St. Louis Blues hockey podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA, and by Center Ice Brewery and CenterIceBrewery.com. St. Louis's first and only hockey-themed brewery. We're broadcasting live on Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. This is franchise episode number 317 all-time. I'm Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by my always charming co-host, Bill Day. We've got a couple other guys on screen here who we'll get to in just a minute. Kurt Price is on assignment. So kick back, crack open a beer, or a hydrate from rockinthatidlife.com and enjoy some hockey talk for the foreseeable future. To interact with the show on social media, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Bill is still working on getting that Let's Go Blues Radio TikTok up. Uh, Bill, how's that going? I just can't figure it out. <laughs> Get laughed off by the kids. We <laughs> we said last week that you weren't here because you were tr- you were uploading a bunch of uh, Let's Go Blues Radio TikToks. I guess that wasn't true, huh? That uh, was not true whatsoever. <laughs> uh, have you checked out our Discord server? It's an excellent community for blues fans to interact with one another as well as with the hosts of this show. It's been a little quiet this summer, but we saw some exponential growth last season. It's always a good time. For more info, go over to letsgoblues.com slash discord. We're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show. Smash the bell so you'll get notifications when we go live. Uh, so, Bill, we have a couple of special guests joining us from the East Coast tonight. 
Uh, first of all, friend of the show, gentleman that you've heard before, if you're a longtime listener of Let's Go Blues Radio, Mr. Dan Rice. Uh, he is a uh, New Jersey Devils reporter, done some work for the NWHL as well, which is why he's joining us today, a friend of Mr. Oliver's, who we'll get to in a minute. But, uh, Dan, thank you very much. And as I was telling Nate before the show started, you might be the the most the guest we've had on the most that's not from St. Louis. So I think that's that's quite an honor. We should probably give you a plaque or something. That, that's pretty neat to. I, I also got to say the little little Marty Brodeau logo here. Uh, that that's pretty, that's a really nice touch. I didn't notice that right away, but once it, it caught my eye, that, that's really sweet. Um, and as luck would have it, I think about two years ago we did uh, one of these together. Mm-hmm. Um, it came up in my, my memories uh, this morning. Uh, we talked about the the trade uh, with the Devils that eventually led to the Blues winning the Cup 20 years later. Yep, uh, the, yep, the Scott, Scott Stevens situation. Scott Stevens fiasco, if you piece that all together and you, you go down the trade tree, um, they, they in, in some way, shape, or form, they helped, uh, they helped the Blues win their Stanley Cup. So you're welcome, St. Louis. Yes, yes. Thank you, Dan Rice, specifically. Um, yeah, that trade tree turned into uh, Jordan Biddington being selected. So that's kind of the end of that trade tree right now. We'll see how farther it goes. But, yeah, for the Blues, that's, uh, you know, as as much in Bill, I know you lived through it, the mental anguish of the, the Stevens and the Shanahan fiasco and all of that. Um My goodness, uh, I think it paid off finally. It took a long time, but it finally did. Yeah, it's it's uh, a literal and figurative deal with the devil to go that long <laughs> from that exactly. deal to us winning the cup. Uh, just yeah, very a lot of pain um, in the end. Worth it. Yes, definitely was. So let's uh, let's also mention our other guest on the show tonight. And uh, hey, to, to and you know, let's just say we're leaving the best for last. Mister Nate Oliver joins the show. Um, by the way, Dan, that was, that was perfect. How you knew to point in the right direction, because there are times when I'm like, Oh, this guy over here. And I'm like, wait, Nope. Other hand, other hand, you got I'm, this I'm down. Quick, you know what you're doing. I'm, I'm a quick learner. I, I'm, I'm, I can be experienced in some, uh, formats, but I, I tend to pick up on things pretty quick. And, uh, I think that's why I'm an asset wherever I, uh, end up. <laughs> that's good to know. Later. Uh, so Nate Oliver is actually the GM of the Buffalo Buttes uh, hockey team of the NWHL, and we're going to talk about the NWHL, their upcoming season, as well as his job as GM. So Nate, thank you very much for coming on and enjoying the show with us today. Oh, certainly my pleasure, guys. And I'm going to piggyback off of what uh, Dan noticed that he's got Marty Brodeur. I love that Bill has Mike Liut uh, as his. I Growing up in, in Buffalo, I was certainly a longtime Adams Division fan. So I, my, I have memories of Mike Liut with the Hartford Whalers. Uh, and I was also a big Nordiques fan as well, in, in addition, of course, my hometown Sabres. So kind of sad to see uh, neither the Whalers or the Nordiques around. That It still causes pain in my heart, but... Uh, lifelong Sabres fan and lifelong Buffalonian. So, uh, but very happy to be here. And it's a pleasure just have you guys having me on. I'm very sorry about the Ryan O'Reilly trade. 
<laughs> well, it worked out well for you guys, and uh, there was a few players on on that Blues team that I was I was glad to see get their name inscribed on the cup. There's always, you know, and one thing that was kind of cool, I, I think, even though his name didn't get engraved, but I thought it was neat that uh, Chris Thornburn got to be out there on the ice for the the cup presentation, which was kind of special in a, in and of itself. Yeah, he was the uh, the third player to get the cup, right? And he he didn't skate yeah. one game, but. No, it was, he yeah. was a big part of that team. I, the guys always talked about how nice it was to talk to him and have him up with the lineup uh, during the playoffs, you know, one of the black aces. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all those guys. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I mentioned this thing on the show last week that a um, friend of the show, Andy Strickland, uh, commented uh, recently something about how the Blues only had one cup winner on their roster when they won the cup. And I'm like, who? And he was like, Colin Frazier. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot he was on the team because he won it with the uh, LA, but he was a black ace. So yeah, it's funny because you, you look at that roster that won and you say no cups, but then you forget one guy was on the roster was a cup winner. So you, you got to give give some love to those black aces. Billy Huso being one of those guys. Now the Blues backup goalie. Um, you know, always fun to see all those guys celebrate, even even though they may not have touched the the, the ice in the playoffs. Still a big part of the team. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Bill, real quick, we're going to do our uh, official beers of episode number 317. Why don't you lead us off, Mr. Day? All right, I will. And um, <clears throat> this is uh, this is killing two birds with one stone because not only am I repping the sponsor of the show, but I'm also paying homage to one of our guests. I have the beauty <laughs> <laughs> Beauty Milkshake nice. IPA from Very Sunrise nice. Brewery, and yeah, it's uh, it's a different twist on the uh, the the Beauty, uh, which is a, a citrusy IPA. This is the milkshake version. Um, you know, kind of gives you that the idea that uh, you got a uh, one of the uh, the dream sickles or cream sickles, whichever you want to call it. Um, not too bad. Good. Uh, it probably would have been better last week during the extended heat wave, but now that the weather's yeah. kind of broken, uh, you know, it's still good. Everything oh, Center yeah. Ice puts out is great. Yeah. So for uh, you two gentlemen who may not know, Center Ice Brewery is a, uh, it's a, first of all, wonderful sponsor of our show, but uh, the only hockey themed brewery in St. Louis. It's an unbelievable spot to catch a game. They have, uh, they're always, you know, obviously the Blues games are always on, Cardinals games always on, but, uh, you know, during the the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, Bill and I caught a couple games there. I went for the Stanley Cup final one game, and it was a, it was a pretty packed house. Great spots. So River in St. Louis, and you're looking for a place to go to, a hidden gem is Center Ice Brewery. So, Nate, when St. Louis gets that un- NWHL team and you come down here for a playoff game, you uh, you got to check out Center Ice Brewery. Yeah, you can count on that. I'll I'll, I'll buy the first round. Oh, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, So my beer tonight is uh, probably the last time I have it on the show for the season. Uh, So again, uh, just a beer that we all love, at least the hosts of Let's Go Blues Radio, Summer Lager from Schlafly Beer out here in St. Louis. Uh, Just a wonderful summertime beer. But as Bill mentioned, the weather is starting to break. So Bill, I might actually start drinking some of those Oktoberfests and pumpkin beers that we're seeing in the grocery stores because it's uh, finally getting to a point where I don't feel like I'm going to 
completely sweat through my shirt in two minutes if I walk outside. <laughs> Absolutely. My uh, my on-deck beer for tonight is a Forehands uh, uh, Oktoberfest. So we'll, we'll see if we get that far tonight. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Derek in the YouTube chat gives us a little wave emoji. So what's up, Derek? Thanks for joining us. And uh, again, we've got uh, guests uh, the show here for a little bit to start us off. So any questions you might have for a man who covers the Devils and also covers, uh, you know, just uh, the NWHL in general, as well as the GM of the Buffalo Buttes of the NWHL, go ahead and post your, your questions, your comments in that YouTube and Facebook chat, and we will get to them uh, before we move on with the show. So, as I mentioned, Buffalo Beats GM Nate Oliver and NWHL reporter for the IceGarden.com, Dan Rice, have joined the show. Uh, so it's a real pleasure to have both of you on. Um, Nate, my my first question is for you. So I'm I was looking through some of the things the Buttes have done over the last couple of years under your tenure. I believe this is your second or is it your second or third season as GM? Uh, it- it's my second season as GM. That's correct. Okay. And you were assistant GM before that. And I believe you had another position before that as well. So you've been with the organization for four or five years now, correct? Uh, in an official capacity, three years where I was actually employed by the team, but uh, have been around them for, yeah, about five, six seasons, initially starting off as a, a beat writer covering covering them. And then I also... Uh, Handled a lot of the articles uh, specifically for the the Buttes webpage and for NWHL. I uh, contributed that way uh, before I had an opportunity to, to work for the team in an official capacity uh, as the team's community uh, coordinator and also a, more or less a de facto uh, assistant GM. Um, and one thing certainly led to another and ended up being where I am today. So, yes, in short, I've been around the, the team for quite a while now. So uh, one, of, one of the notes, kind of one of the bigger things that pops out to me about you and your resume of what you've done is you actually drafted and signed the first player ever selected in the NWHL International Draft, and it was a goaltender, uh, which Bill should appreciate. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher this name, but I'm going to try it. Lovisa Bernson, is that correct? Perfect. Absolutely that. correct. I am so proud of myself. <laughs> nice, I'm going to pat nice myself guy. on the back at commercial break. Uh, so, um, I wanted to ask you just because of, you know, obviously when you look at the NHL, the international scouting is extremely important, but in a newer league, a league that's, you know, only been around, it's still kind of in its infancy. It's still growing. Um, how important is international scouting in the NWHL and maybe even comparatively speaking to the NHL? Yeah, I think as far as the NWHL is concerned, it's it, European scouting is still in its infancy, but it's a highly untapped resource um, that, at least personally, I've kept my finger on for for quite a while now. Um, you know, uh, with women's players, they they have a fair amount of options as to where they can play once they finish their collegiate careers. Uh, and two of the best women's leagues in the world are right in Sweden and Finland. You have the SDHL uh, in Sweden, and then the Nystan Liga, uh, the Nystan Liga in Finland. Um, not to mention, you know, the women's hockey league in uh, in Russia as well, too. Um, and there's players that are have been Olympians for Team USA, Olympians for Team Canada. Uh, they play over the in those leagues, and it's a high caliber level of hockey. So 
um, have an opportunity to draft players that maybe have never played in North America before. You know, they didn't go the collegiate route, but they've established themselves over in their home countries. It's it's a great opportunity for us to showcase players from around the world and um, tap some of those resources. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the goaltender that we picked, uh, Louisa, Louisa Bernson. Uh, she actually goes by Lolo for, for short. So Lolo I've known for about three or four years now. Um, and she's played for the Swedish women's national team. She's won uh, the championship in Sweden's premier women's league, their top women's league, the SCHL. Uh, she's a little bit older uh, for a female player. She's 32 and has been playing um, since her teenage years at, at a high level of hockey. So to acquire a veteran of that caliber, um, I, I feel like I, in, in some ways, maybe we, the Buttes have stole one from another team, just knowing that she was available, knowing that she was out there and as, as talented as she is. Um, so we have our first question, uh, and, and Nate, I'm guessing this is directed at you, from GunsmithCat74 in the YouTube chat. Is Brooke Stacy coming back? At this point, uh, Brooke is not signed with us uh, for the season. We've signed 23 players. Uh, and that our roster, at least for this time being, is finalized. I don't anticipate any other signings um, before the season starts. It's, po- I mean, anything is possible once we get underway. I, I'll say, um, I'll go with the, the adage of never say never. Um, but the Buttes have typically, the past two or three seasons, have been at around uh, 22, 23 players. You have to sign a minimum of 20, but no more than 25. Um, I've liked keeping that number of 22, 23, and I, and I've always gone with three goaltenders. Uh, so it's kind of like continuing that, but at this point, uh, Brooke will not be back with us. I would love to have her back if, if it's in the cards. She's a wonderful person, a fantastic hockey player. Um, you know, uh, was an all-star for us a couple seasons ago. Um, and I still talk with her pretty regularly. Um, so if, if it's in the cards, I, I would love to have her come back. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, and Dan, feel free to chime in here as well. Um, clearly, you know, you look at maybe the NHL landscape, even AHL, OHL, whatever league, there's always a couple stories that pop out heading into the season. What's going to, what's, what's, what are you going to watch? You know, what's the big thing that fans should know going into the season? So let me ask you for the NWHL, uh, what is uh, one of the biggest story, maybe one of the, the biggest headlines heading into the season? What are what are fans uh, supposed to be looking out for? Well, from from my perspective, you know, I, you mentioned the international draft um, and certainly our regular NWHL draft, too. Uh, th- this season, the draft was very challenging uh, because of COVID. I, I don't know how well that th- this is known, but um, because of the COVID pandemic, the NCAA and gave an extra year of eligibility uh, to their athletes. And so that certainly played an impact in our collegiate players that were available for the draft. There's plenty, some of the best players that are playing college hockey right now um, took advantage of that extra fifth year and were were not available to be selected in this draft. Um, But as as the Buttes approached that and, and, and I looked at that, I felt that there was a lot of diamonds in the rough and there was not, you know, there was kind of this, this thought going around that, that I believe is very incorrect is that it wasn't a deep draft and there weren't quality players available. Absolutely, there were. It was just a matter of identifying them and finding them. So I think what, from my perspective, what I'm most excited to see for the season is those players uh, that are newcomers to the league um, that maybe 
might be names that are not familiar to some fans, uh, but the stage is set for them to really hit the ground running and, and to do some damage out on the ice. So I, I'm excited for a lot of those newcomers, and I, I would encourage fans to, to check that portion of it out. Um, you know, you could very likely find a, a new fan favorite when you're not even meaning to just by watching our games and getting to know some of the newer faces. Dan, anything yeah. you have to add? Yeah, a couple of things that I'm I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, one big thing is is familiar faces in, in new places. Uh, we've had a, a, a little bit of roster turnover where uh, some players have switched teams, and, and and maybe in the past it didn't happen as much. Um, but this off season, it seemed like we had a, a little bit more, and I think that adds a little intrigue and and helps build uh, some rivalries. Uh, a couple of Riveters players that signed with uh, uh, the Connecticut Whale and uh, Whale player went to the to Nate's team to the Buttes and uh, some Riveters players went to um, uh, Toronto. Um, so it, it, that that's one storyline that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and just seeing the the fans back in the stands, I think that's that's really going to give everybody a, a, another boost. Uh, uh, they played some really, really entertaining games and in, in some tough situations last year, whether it was Lake Placid or then uh, not playing for was it uh, almost a month and a half and then have to play a, a you know playoff elimination game in Boston, uh, kind of cold. And, and I thought the players put on a great show. Um, and the the obvious storyline is can anybody dethrone Boston? Um, they're kind of the uh, de facto champions two two years running, uh, maybe, definitely one year. Um, the, the year that we didn't have a final, they, they lost one game out of 25. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to have a little bit of a different look this season. Uh, they signed some players from Connecticut. Um, so it, that's that's the, you know, who, who can dethrone them and Who's that that team and that and that uh, below them that can take that next step? Is it Nate's team? Is it Connecticut? Is it Toronto who had a great first season? Um, they get to finally play home games. They haven't played a home game yet. They've been a team for almost two years now, uh, a full two years, um, and uh, I, I can't wait to see what that looks like uh, when they finally get to drop the puck at the end of November for their first home game. Why, why have they not played a home game yet? Just because of the whole COVID situation. Yeah, well, they were announced as a team, and then COVID season we had, uh, you know, last season they only played games in Lake Placid. Uh, all all the, the six teams were in one, one location, and then the playoff games were in Boston. So um, they've played seven games as a franchise, and none of them are in, have been in Canada or are in, in, in a home rink. They have a home rink, right? They have a home uh, locker room and everything. Uh, really looks nice. Uh, but we've we've yet to see it in action, and uh, um, that's that's something that uh, I hope, um, and I'm pretty confident that that game will be sold out. Uh, if not sold out, then very close to being sold out. So we have another question. Uh, this is probably for Nate. Well, actually, it is because it says, "Hey, Nate." Uh, this is from Puck Nerd. He says, "Hey, Nate, does Mary Jo Pelletier break her own points record this year?" So uh, I should clarify that uh, MJ, she's a uh, French Canadian. So it's, it's Marie-Jo Peltier. 
Um, uh, I knew I was going to uh, ruin one of the names. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no worries at all. Um, uh, she's actually from uh, New Brunswick, and this is uh, her third season with us. And um, she's been an alternate captain uh, her first number of years in the league. I, I've uh, I've actually known MJ uh, since she was a sophomore uh, collegiately at UNH, um, and she's a phenomenal hockey player. Uh, you know, I, I always point out that. She's four foot eleven, but she plays like she's eleven foot four, um, and has done that for uh, for as long as she's been playing the game. I think absolutely, uh, she she breaks her own point record. So she she has a um, number of different uh, records. Uh, she has a league record for most power play points um, in a, in a single season. Uh, she has the Buttes team record for most assists in a season, uh, and there's probably a couple others that I'm forgetting, but. I think that, you know, she's been an all-star before. She was an all-star in her rookie season. I think this season, season seven for the league, but MJ's third in the NWHL is where she really takes off. Um, I I think she's going to do a lot of damage on the score sheet. Um, we certainly have her tab to be one of our top 2D, um, something that she's been all along but will continue to be so. Uh, I think, you know, with a couple seasons under her belt and like a lot of the players in the league, I, I think that there was a sense of while Lake Placid was a lot of fun and and, and we got to have a, a completed season and, you know, as Dan mentioned, uh, Boston won the cup and there were some great playoff performances. I do think some of the players in the league have a bit of a chip on their shoulder that we want a normal season. We, we want to play a full length season and and have an opportunity to compete in battle. And, and I know from my conversations with MJ that uh, she very much feels that way. She, she wants a cup, um, you know, and, and, and add that to her hockey resume. So uh, in short, I, I say absolutely. I think this is going to be a, uh, an even more of a breakout year than what she's ever had before points-wise and her impact on our team. Awesome. Can I just add something? I, I think – uh, maybe Jeff's fan fan base, the you know the the people that generally watch the show that they may not be familiar, and and maybe even some NWHL fans. Uh, but Nate is a very thorough person. He has a background as a hockey writer. Um, if you go back and you read some of his his articles, it's very in depth. Um, so he is one of the most well equipped people to be a GM, especially in in women's hockey, where there isn't the coverage that maybe there should be and the information at a level that maybe it should be. Uh, he has all this information and you mentioned the international draft. Uh, I think that was a great question and, and a great example of uh, him doing his homework and, and really knowing what he's doing as, as a, a GM of a, of a, a team here um, and able to kind of construct and mold them the way that, that he sees fit and, um, you know, he's just got all this experience now and uh, the sky's the limit for, for Buffalo this year. I think they, uh, they, they really have a chance to do something special with the, the team that they have assembled. We obviously don't know what every other team looks like yet because they haven't uh, finished the, uh, whether it's signing or announcement of their rosters, but, but Buffalo is, is definitely primed to be uh, uh, a team that can be reckoned with this season 100%. Is there a Thank Lou you. Lamarillo of is there a Lou Lamarillo of the NWHL? Is there one GM that's just like I'm not saying a thing until this date. I'm going to sign all these people, but I'm not going to say a thing forever. 
You want to take it's that him? One? It's him, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> so I, 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 the Buttes were the the first team to get their their roster. Well, I, I signed the first player in the off season, um, and I was going at a at a pretty steady clip. If I if I had to say a, a fellow GM that probably fits that mold, and I don't think he would mind me saying it is uh, Jack Brout of the Minnesota Whitecaps. Uh, Whitecaps uh, haven't announced any players yet. And uh, that's, you know, Jack plays it very much close to the vest. Uh, he's a hockey legend in many regards. Um, uh, he ha- comes from a hockey family um, and his daughters found a great deal of success at University of Minnesota. Um, and I, I forget, uh, I, I can't remember if Chelsea and Winnie both went there. I know that Winnie did, but um, highly accomplished players in in. Jack is, you know, in his late seventies. He's been he's been coaching this game for a very long time, and he's been uh, the GM for the Whitecaps, and he really knows his stuff. Um, if he's the type of person that if if you have an opportunity to sit down with him or talk with him at length, you'd love to you'd love to pick his brain because he's got a memory like an elephant, and he he knows the game so well, um, and is very knowledgeable of his players and. He's won a cup. He, you know, there's the the Minnesota Whitecaps won the cup. They, you know, they're in the cup final again, and um, it, you know, that's their winning recipe. So if it means that he waits, you know, that they wait as an organization towards the end of the summer to announce their roster, more power to them because they have a very deadly and very potent hockey club. So um, you mentioned the the Whitecaps. Uh, he's the GM of the Whitecaps. So Dan, my my next question's for you. We have been fortunate enough to have a great personality on this show, and, and partially thanks to you, because you're the one I reached out to, Amanda uh, Levier, uh, a now friend of the show, uh, who we affectionately call Lev. Uh, she was one of my favorite people I've ever interviewed. She was just so down-to-earth and lighthearted. Um, I have to ask, Nate, I don't know if you've had conversations with players. I don't know if you, I mean, clearly you probably know her personally, but how different is her mindset on the rink? Is she the, the same happy go lucky person on the rink or is it all business when she steps foot on the ice? Uh, from my interactions with Lev, like when, when not on the ice, you know, if, if, if there's a media scrum or, you know, just off to the side of the locker room areas, uh, very affable, upbeat, just like you said, just the way that you described her. But um, I think out on the ice and, and you know, Dan can attest to this as well, too, is that she's just some of the saves that she makes um, and her ability to position her body, read a play, um, anticipate a play, um, you know, it's... It, it's almost hard to really hard to describe because it's just at another level. She's, she's definitely one of the top three best goaltenders in the league. Um, I think in many instances, and she's proven this before she's, she's the best goaltender in the league and and has been from time to time. Um, You know, uh, and she's a a proven champion at all levels. Uh, So just a pleasure to, to watch her. But I think, you know, when somebody's like that, when they're they're true to themselves and uh, just a natural, upbeat, friendly person, happy person, I think that carries over into their performance in the workplace, whether that's uh, a starting goaltender uh, for an NWHL team or in an office or a coach or, you know, whatever it is, uh, I think that permeates. There's some overlap there. And 
Um, Lebs can certainly be a character, but uh, she's a true blue person and uh, and just a, a solid individual. Yeah, I, I think Nate said it perfect. Uh, Lev, you know, when she's on the ice, she's locked in. Um, everything that Nate mentioned, the only thing that I would add is maybe she just – she has that – she just never quits. Like, she's never going to give up on a play, on a puck, whether it's stretching or, or reaching or trying to block it with any part of her, her body, her paraphernalia. Um, and she is and, – and she has fun when she's out there. Um, you could see it at times. We're fortunate where um, NWHL games sometimes where we sit right up or we stand right up against the glass, um, and you can kind of see her smiling a little bit through through her master and breaks after like a, a crazy save or, or you know sharing a, a moment with a teammate. Um, she's just like an, an all-time great in my mind. Um, it's a shame she's never really gotten a fair shake with Team Canada and, and everything with that. I don't know what the deal with that is. I don't know why that is. Um, it boggles my mind um, because if you look at her resume and what she's done in big games and, and all that, she's uh, she's top of the line. And, um, you know, she's uh, – maybe I can um, – I could share a little something, an uh, exchange. I, I spoke with her recently via text and – I said, you know, what's going on here? Like, are you going to sign or what? And she's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm not playing this year. I'm retired. And I, like, my heart legitimately sank for, like, five seconds. And I'm like, is this for real? Like, I, I kind of got, like, that panic sweat almost. And as I was, like, typing to say, like, are you serious? She texted, like, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. Like, um, you know, so that's that's kind of her personality. She's, she's so very easygoing and, um, I haven't gotten to know her the way I have since her rookie season. Um, being a fan of the Gophers, I, I, I've always kind of been drawn to those players. And um, she was very friendly the first time we met, and we hit it off. And, and uh, um, I got to meet her family. Her family, Nate can attest to, great people, um, some of the kindest people I've ever met. And, um, well, they're Canadian, so that's, you know, shouldn't there be a shock. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're just some awesome people and, and Lev is Lev is Lev you know she she likes to goof around and have a good time and um, but when it's when it's go time and the puck drops um, she is 100% uh, one of the best women goalies on the planet in my mind and um, I can't wait to see what she does again this season you know every, every season she's been in the league she's pretty much been in the final um, whether she's starting the goal she's the starting goaltender or not um so uh yes it's she's she's definitely one of a kind i guess <laughs> and that's a, that's a good way to put it too well let's face it right bill can attest to this she's a goalie goalies are a little bit of a different breed <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you have to be have to be to put yourself in you know in front of that puck Especially those of us that started way too early in age, but yeah, <laughs> then the I remember being a kid in. and talking talking to my dad about our goalie and just being like, you know, I was like maybe ten years old, and I'm like, man, our goalie Alex, he's such a weird guy. He's the weirdest guy I've ever met. And my dad's like, think about it. This guy chooses to have rubber shot at him every night. He chooses to do that. It's going to be a strange person who wants to do that. And I'm like, 
That's a really good point. <laughs> uh, so, um, again, we talked about some of the biggest stories heading into the NWHL season. Uh, but uh, for me, I love to be able to watch the games, to stream them. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Dan, maybe this is the best question for you since you're a reporter and you uh, do your best to kind of watch the league as a whole. Uh, if I'm in St. Louis, if I'm in Montana, if I'm in Kansas City, uh, what's the best way for me to catch uh, NWHL action, whether it's via live stream or any other medium? The best and easiest way is uh, all of the games are broadcast and streamed for free on Twitch. Um, you don't have to create an account to watch the games. You can uh, create an account to watch the games, and then there's also uh, uh, a chat room kind of in the sidebar, and you can interact with fans. You don't have to even say anything. You can just kind of watch the madness um, uh, unfold. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little bit older, and uh, it's hard for me to follow everything that goes on in Twitch during the game. So a lot of times I'll. I'll just expand it and kind of erase the chat. I use like the theater mode. I, I bring it up on my TV. Um, it's, it's, it was really good. I, I, I think this past season we saw uh, a, a real jump in, in viewership, I think. Um, I don't know if that was, uh, you know, the, the way the games were promoted any differently. Um, I, I, that That's not for me to say. I'm not, you know, I, I haven't dug into that data, but, um, I do know that uh, the, the fans seem to enjoy that aspect of being able to interact with other fans, with broadcasters during the game as it's going on, um, get shout outs, you know, during uh, puck stoppages and stuff like that from, from the announcers. Um, it, it really makes it interactive. And, and I think um, for those fans that do live near where some of these games are, I would say, you know, if you can, if you want to take a trip out to one of those cities, go out and go see the games. Um, the access that you're probably going to get is is probably going to be uh, unrivaled to anything you've been accustomed to. Um, these players are, are real people who uh, take time after games to sit down and, and sign autographs, take pictures with your kids. Um, I, I'm not sure how it'll work this year with COVID. I'm sure there'll be some kind of protocols in place, but – um, one of one of the, the best things that the NWHL has going for it is uh, the players, their personalities, uh, their interactions with the fans, um, and and to me that's that's how you continue this growth and and upswing that they're on. They had their their playoff games on uh, NBCSN uh, this past was it March? Right, it was the end of March. Uh, we had uh, three games in two days on NBCSN. That, that was a really big deal. Um, and hopefully it's the first step of many. Uh, but, you know, for, for now, Twitch is where it's at, and hopefully uh, we have some more deals in, in the future. Yeah, hopefully. It's it's a lot of fun to watch, and I, I agree. For the uh, for the older audience, I say that I'm in my late 30s, but the, um, the, the, the interaction during the game, it's a little fun to pay attention and watch for a little bit, but – yeah, after a while, I'm like, okay, I just want to watch the game. There's way too much being said. There's too much going on. I, I can't focus on both. My ADD is just off the charts right now. So, yeah, I usually throw it on theater mode on my TV and just relax, kick back, open a beer, and 
and watch the game. And it's great hockey to watch. Um, I, so I, I asked I will, Lev this. Oh, go ahead. I, I will say it is good for fans who are maybe new to the game of women's hockey where they can kind of go in there and, and whether it's during gameplay or intermission and you can ask questions and it's not going to, there's not, uh, you know, sometimes we see in other venues of social media, there's uh, what some people call gatekeeping. You know, there's not that, that kind of aspect. I, I think all the NWHL fans are like, Oh, cool. You don't know anything about them. Let me tell you everything about every player, you know, they really, <laughs> they, they, but that's great to see it. They're so passionate and, and, I love getting to meet the fans. I mean, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, uh, um, uh, friendly guy, and, and, I, and I like to, to, to meet people everywhere I go. And um, some of the people, whether it's Nate or, or players or fans, uh, people who work behind the scenes for the NWHL, they're really some, some really great people. And, and I, I can't imagine, you know, kind of being involved with anything else at this point. If it, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't, if it ceased to exist, I would, I would really be crushed uh, as I'm sure a lot of other people would. So, uh, you know, I do what I can to, to promote and, and, uh, and, and try and grow this thing the best way that we can. So we got a uh, comment here, Bill, from uh, our, our, uh, our loyal listener, Mr. Austin Lynch has stepped in. He says, hello, it is I, I just got off work and eating dinner and chilling with y'all tonight. Why are you eating dinner at 9.45 at night? That is my question, Austin. Uh, also, I went into – I'm going to totally embarrass him here. So Austin's a uh, high school kid uh, who listens to our show, so hopefully you're not going to be staying up too late because you got school tomorrow, boy. Uh, but um, I stopped into your Smoothie King today, and uh, I asked if you work there, and they're like, oh, yeah, we love Austin. So – uh yeah where were you at i was wanting to get a smoothie from you and give you trouble uh but apparently you weren't there so i expect you to be there when i go in there austin that's that's bull crap um so (laughs) um it's september 2nd today the nwhl season starts up uh at least for the buttes on saturday november 6th uh nate for you uh what is life like for for a typical GM for you as a GM of the Buffalo Buttes, but maybe even just a GM of any uh, hockey franchise, what's it like in this time frame for you? Uh, right now, it's it's pretty unique for us. This is kind of I'll call it high gear mode. You know, I I'm a I'm very much a planner. Um, I'm very much uh, deliberate in the decisions that I make and methodical. Um, so as I mentioned before, uh, we were very focused on getting the players time that, uh, we wanted to comprise our team this season. Um, as soon as NWHL, we had a straight, a restricted free agency period and then, um, the regular open free agency and, um, we just went to work. I mean, we had a game plan, uh, going back to late February, early March of how we wanted to tackle the off season in terms of, our focus for the draft and, and players that we definitely wanted to retain. Um, so all of that's done right now, um, which is a good feeling to have behind us, but now is maybe where it's most key. So uh, our training camp is going to start October 1st. Uh, it's a Friday. Um, we'll be together through that entire weekend. And then into the week ahead, we fall under our regular routine for practices. Um, but leading up to that right now, we're doing a lot of, uh, virtual team building, um, you know, with 
with the way that our team is structured this season, uh, only two of our players are, are natives of Buffalo. Um, there's two other players on the team uh, who are not from Buffalo originally, but are currently living here. Uh, so those four are actually in Buffalo right now, but um, the other 19 players are from all over the globe. Uh, you know, we talked about Lolo Bernson is from Sweden. Uh, I signed Yana Suoko uh, out of Finland. Uh, so they're both overseas right now. Um, about half of our team is Canadian. And then the remaining Americans are um, from really all across the country. Uh, Dominique Kramer lives in Louisiana. Uh, Amy Buddy is from Minnesota. I have a few players that are in the Boston area. So we're all scattered right now. Um, and so the, the best way to really tackle that is through Zoom and, and things just like we're doing now where you can be together virtually and, and do some team building. So we, we've done some fun stuff. We, we've done like show and tell and uh, we did a, a, what I call the, the Buttes jukebox where each player had to pick a song that was uh, meaningful or special to them and we formed our own playlist. Uh, and it's just, it's a nice, simple way that, you know, they might sound kind of silly or kind of hokey things to do, but it's a nice way to get the players to get to know each other and start conversing and, and just start being a team together. I mean, that that's really how it it is kind of the, the spark that ignites it is just them interacting. Uh, and it gets even better um, tenfold, if not, you know, a thousandfold once they finally get together and it can just be themselves. They can be teammates. They can hang out in the locker room, be together on the ice, seeing each other regular for uh, regularity with, with practices. Um, so right now I just, I think we're, we're in that, that stage where we did all of our hard off season work. Now we're just anxious for the season to get started and are preparing for that. So I know that, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, going into any season, uh, most teams are, are, you know, looking forward to it. High hopes. Everybody's in a, you know, for the, for the most part in a good mood, ready to go for the season, but let's just say you walk into the season, you signed a player, but they're unhappy. They come into your office, maybe after a week, two weeks, three weeks. And they, they say, listen, I'm, I'm not happy. I don't want to be here. i you know, it, uh, I want to be traded. I, I, I want my contract terminated, whatever it is. And I asked this thinking of, well, your local team, Jack Eichel in Buffalo right now is, is a very hot topic in the NHL. And of course, here in St. Louis, we've got Vladimir Tarasenko, who has uh, uh, been one of the hot topics uh, all offseason in the NHL. So you as a GM, how do you respond to that? And, and uh, what would your process be? if you knew that this was the situation that was occurring. Sure. And, and it does happen. You know, it has happened um, throughout the history of the NWHL where, you know, where players sign up and, you know, they're not able to, to continue the season for one reason or another, or they need to relocate. I, I have to strongly stress here that, you know, unlike very much unlike an NHL team and NHL players, um, our players, they're not making salaries that they can live on um, as, as and have hockey be their their main uh, means of earning income. Um, at, at best, it, it's a part time job. Um, so the vast majority of them are playing hockey uh, and earning a modest salary. And in addition to that, uh, they're they're having to work other jobs in order to make ends meet. So, you know, our, our team captain, Taylor Kersey, is a police officer in southern Ontario. 
Um, I have players on the team that are physical therapists. Uh, I've, we've had teachers, um, athletic trainers, uh, engineers. Uh, it's it's a very wide mix of, of different backgrounds and careers that they're doing in addition to hockey in, in order to make ends meet. So my point in saying that is, is that, uh, you know, players uh, life catches up with you sometimes and, and you do have to make those hard decisions uh, in your career uh, in order to make ends meet our, our hope. And it's the goal. I think about everybody that's a proponent of women's hockey is that someday that it'll be achieved where, our players don't have to struggle so hard. They don't have to work two to three jobs in order to make ends meet. Um, they can they can earn a salary just from hockey and have that be enough um, to live comfortably and, and and just focus on being a hockey player. Um, but having said all that, you know, I, I think one of the things that I I I really just imbue within our team, um, and and I want to make sure that it permeates is that. I support my players in any way, shape, or possible. Possible. Um, I I believe wholeheartedly. My and my players are probably sick of hearing me say it, but um, you know, people might forget what you said to them. People might forget what you showed them, but nobody ever forgets how you made them feel. And I think that when you foster an environment where your players feel wanted and welcome. Uh, they're naturally going to perform at their very best for you, but they're also going to recognize that, hey, you know, Nate has my back here. He doesn't care about just me, the hockey player, but he cares about me, the person. And that's not just me. That That's our coaching staff. That's our medical team. That's our equipment manager. Um, we're very proud of the culture that we've built here. Um, so I'm kind of giving you a long uh, way around a- answering your question, but my point is that, you know, if, if a player came to me and said, you know, I, I think I need to make a change or I don't think I'm able to do this anymore. And, and as I said, it has happened in the past. Um, you work with that person. You work with that player because at the end of the day, there are, they are a person. And I, and I want the, their experience playing for the Buttes to be a positive one, not just for hockey, but, you know, the experiences that they have here while, while they're with their team, with our team. Um, so it's important to look after your players as best as you possibly can. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, people in the YouTube Facebook chats who, uh, typically probably aren't blues fans and are here, uh, to hear from Nate and Dan. So I want to thank you for tuning in and, uh, being a part of the show. And, and as I said, we, uh, we try to get to your comments whenever you post them. So uh, one of those people who's a, a person I've not seen in our YouTube chat before, Bill, as we like to say, a new live listener, uh, GunsmithCat74. She asks, Nate, will Wheels play in that Buttes-Adrian game? Also, same jerseys this season? Question mark. I don't know what uh, the first question means at all, just so you know. <laughs> so, um, for, fortunately, I do, so you're not putting me on the spot. So uh, Wheels <laughs> is referring to uh, Kristen Lewicki, um, who's one of the fastest players that, that's played for, for our team and certainly in the NWHL. Um, and her alma mater is the Adrian Bulldogs, uh, who, whom we'll be playing an exhibition game with uh, coming up in October. And, uh, we've had a great relationship with them, uh, but very fortunate that not only Wheels, but uh, uh, Sarah Shurub, Kaylin Shroka, Hannah McGowan, Kelly O'Sullivan, those were all players that came through that program and ended up being part of the Buffalo Buttes. Uh, so it's it's great for from that aspect of it. 
um, supporting our alumni and supporting um, almost like a, a channel or a feeding system, if if I if you pardon the expression, um, that it, it's a, a college that we found success with with bringing players to our team, uh, whether that's through the draft or through free agency, and and we've done both. Um, so that that that's what the um, the commenter is is referring to. Uh, I would love it if if we'll sign up in the game. I, I think it would be uh, totally her call if if her schedule allows it. Uh, she did have to relocate for work and uh, is pursuing a, a a much different career uh, separate from hockey. But I know uh, she she bleeds uh, Buttes blue and um, very much uh, would love an opportunity to skate at her alma mater. Uh, I think, uh, and this is no work of my own, I think Adrian is trying to do what they can to maybe have some of those names that I mentioned be there, at least in attendance, which would be nice to see. Uh, and for the second part of the, the question, um, we will be keeping the same jerseys this season, but uh, we might have a few surprises. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Whoa, <laughs> little teaser for you. I like that. Everybody <laughs> loves a jersey teaser. That's right. Hey, we are Jersey hounds here. We are like the the crazy Jersey fanboys here. We've even, when the NHL had their uh, reverse retro reveal, we had an entire show dedicated to rating each Jersey. So we are, um, we are Jersey fanboys. Um, you could see my, I, I really just need to take a picture of it and post it on social. My, I literally have a Jersey closet. All that's in there is hockey jerseys. So it's, uh, but the wife hates it, but you know what? <laughs> you you know what you got yourself into. That's what I always tell her. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to ask you too, because uh, I asked uh, Lev this when she was on. Asked about her relationship with the Minnesota Wild. What's the relationship like between the Buffalo Buttes and the Buffalo Sabers? Uh, at this point, I, I would say that, that there's not much of one. Um, you know, we've. There was in the past, and and, and ownership has changed. Um, you know, at one time uh, the Buttes were under the same ownership as as the Sabers, um, but uh, not the case anymore. And so, you know, when things like that happen, we, we we're fortunate, and, and it's similar to, to St. Louis and a lot of major cities. Uh, there's other sports teams that maybe are not. You don't necessarily think that there's. Uh, a correlation between hockey and another sport, but you know, this September 11th, we're going to be at uh, the Buffalo Bisons baseball game, and the Bisons are the AAA affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, there's also a women's soccer team now in Buffalo uh, that just played its first season, FC Buffalo, uh, and uh, we've kind of created a sisterhood there between uh, the soccer players and, and our and our hockey players. Um, you know, to foster that, but there's definitely, you know, there, there's definitely some connections between the Saber players and the Beats players. Uh, Yana Suwoko, um, you know, as I, I mentioned, is a player we signed from Finland. Uh, she, I, I believe, I don't know how close friends they are, but I think they're from the same town and they certainly know each other, but recently signed uh, Henry Yoki Harju um, is a player that, that she knows well and, um, you know, th- through my discussions with Yenna, that was one thing that was she was excited about coming to Buffalo is knowing that there's some Finns uh, that have played for the Sabres. Um, so I, I think that that will be nice for her that uh, Yoki Harju has re-signed with Buffalo and uh, Yenna's, of course, here in Buffalo. And uh, uh, I'm sure uh, an opportunity will present itself where they'll, they'll probably get together, at least see each other. Um, so, and, you know, and 
I think uh, last season, Jordan Duran, who uh, was a, an alternate captain for us, um, close friends with Jack Eichel, you know, who you mentioned they went to college together and knew each other from there. So there's definitely overlap between our two teams, which is nice to see. And, um, you know, no matter what might happen in the business aspect of it, uh, the players themselves and the athletes in general certainly support one another, which is which is really special in, in my opinion is what it should be all about anyway. Um, well, Dan, Nate, this has been extremely informative. Um, I, again, I, I've watched the NWHL. Uh, I, I'm one of those hockey junkies that if there's any hockey on at all, I will watch it. You know, if it's midday, it's four o'clock and, oh, there's an ECHL game on okay, I'll turn that on. Like, I don't care what it is. I will watch it. So I've come to love the NWHL. It's a, it's a growing sport. It's a growing league. And you made the comment that you hope that one day these players will be able to support themselves just by playing in the NWHL. I'm hundred percent with you. The way I look at it is imagine what these, these ladies would be doing if, they didn't have to work other jobs. Imagine how much better they'd be able to prepare for games. How much, I mean, it's just the, 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 the possibilities are just limitless. Um, so I hope one day we get to that point. Unfortunately, we're not there now with, and it's the same with a lot of women's sports. So I'm with you. Hopefully one day that changes, but um, the only way that we can do that folks is by watching and supporting and buying merchandise and helping this, this grow and just getting the sport bigger because it, it definitely should be. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's not your, it's, it's, it's not the same. Like a lot of people uh, would say, well, you know, for me, it's like, would I rather watch the best sport in the world or another, or another league, uh, best sport, best league in the world or another league. And I say, this is the best women's league. And it is so much fun. It's fast paced, great hands, great vision, all over the ice. You mentioned Lev on in, in goal, but she's not the only great goalie in the league. There's plenty of them. So again, folks, if you want to support the NWHL, I strongly, strongly recommend you at least check out their games. Give them a shot on Twitch. Uh, again, it's free to watch their games. Um, and so, guys, this has been a lot of fun. It's been great getting to know more about the game itself. Um, I want to ask both of you individually. We'll start with Dan. Um, where can people find your work? Um, and then again, if you wouldn't mind, just, just another quick rundown of how people can find the NWHL. Uh, thanks again for having me on guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I know you say you love goalies. I just want to say Nate has a great goalie, not only Lolo, uh, but Carla Jackson, um, a real up and coming star in this league. Uh, last year was a rookie season, uh, and she was just phenomenal. The workload that she had, the, the amount of saves that she made, the types of saves that she made, um, and the type of person that she is, uh, the kid's going to go far. Um, as far as myself, uh, you have my little uh, Twitter name down here, uh, at D-R-I-C-E Hockey. A um, little different for me, um, not with the hockey writers anymore. Um, I've, I've shifted over to the ice garden. Um, really happy to join that, that, that group and, um, uh, and those people. And, and, um, uh, it'll be the same thing for me, you know, just in a different location. 
Um, as far as devil stuff goes, um, stay tuned. Maybe about a week, week or so, I'll have a, an announcement on, on what I'll be doing uh, regarding that. Um, and I just want to maybe, I guess it might be breaking a little bit of news, but I don't know how much of a shock it's going to be. Uh, but Lev is signed for next season. She is not retiring, as she she said. It hasn't been announced yet, um, so maybe I'm I'm breaking the rules. Um, but I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that Lev will be back this upcoming season. Um, so you guys can say you had it first. Um, yes. But that, what a that, scoop! That, we we just <laughs> you know, we just broke a scoop here. Uh, Lev will be playing next season for the Minnesota Whitecaps. Uh, they haven't announced any signings yet, but I'm, I'm fairly confident in saying she'll be on the team. Um, just thanks again, guys, for having me on. Jeff, you and me, we go way back. Uh, the, the OG days at, at THW, I think you were there before I started. Um, yep. And then I outlasted you and I outlasted everybody else. Yep. Uh, and it, the way that it ended was uh, a little disappointing, but, you know, the past the past, we moved forward and, um, I'm just excited for an upcoming season, especially at the NWHL. I'm excited to get to games again. I haven't been to a game in forever. I saw Nate, um, when was it, in June? He had free agent camp. And I was like, can I come? Is it okay if I come? I haven't, I haven't done anything in like a year and a half. I've been covering games <laughs> on my couch. I've been doing Zoom interviews for like, you know, my regular interviews. Um, and he was like, yeah, you guys can come. So made the six-hour drive, six-and-a-half-hour drive up to Buffalo to go watch tryouts for two hours um, <laughs> and then basically drove home the next day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was great to see Nate uh, being back in that environment, and I can't wait to see everybody uh, in all the rinks this season. Hopefully see Nate when Buffalo comes to town. Uh, maybe one day we'll get Jeff up to a game. Uh, up at Buffalo, here in New Jersey, Connecticut, Boston, Minnesota. Uh, we got to get you to a game uh, one way or another, though. But but thanks again for oh, having me on. Guys. I definitely agree. I've uh, I've I've stepped into Riveters camp before. I was I was there. Uh, was that two or three years ago? And I saw a little bit of their camp, and and I was like, God, I I got to make it up here for a game. But unfortunately, I just haven't yet. So I I need to do that. It'd be a lot of fun. Like I said, I love watching on Twitch. Uh, and Dan, we, uh, you know, again, we've had you on so many times already talking about the devils, talking about the NWHL. And, uh, I guarantee this will not be the last time you'll be seeing Dan Rice on let's go blues radio. So, uh, Dan, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us. We look forward to the announcement of where we'll be seeing your devils news as they made a couple moves this summer that, uh, were very intriguing. So it'll be fun to see what they do. Uh, now Nate, uh, Nate Oliver, again, GM of the Buffalo Buttes. We really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your insight. Uh, now, uh, I want you to speak as a whole for yourself, for the Buffalo Buttes and maybe even for the NWHL. Um, you know, where, how can people interact with you, your team, the league? Um, and, uh, and then again, clearly, you know, I'll go ahead and say it for you. Make sure you watch on Twitch. Get up to a game wherever you can. But uh, but yeah, go ahead and tell us where people can find you on social media and uh, as you know, as well as any other way they might be able to interact with the Buffalo Buttes. 
For sure. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I'd rather be behind the scenes. Uh, uh, but uh, we have uh, some great social media accounts, both on, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever your preference is, uh, you can find us uh, at Buffalo Buttes uh, for Instagram and, and for Twitter. Um, and the nicest thing is, is that uh, mo- the majority of our players are all pretty active on social media as well, too. You know, Dan brought up Carly Jackson and uh, she's maybe the butte that, that's most active uh, or at least most interactive with um, uh, the fans and with media. And, um, you know, she's a wonderful person. Uh, you know, I, I can't I can't say enough wonderful things about her. Uh, she uh, will always have a special connection because she got her first uh, professional win in gold when I got my first professional win as, as GM. Uh, so we'll kind of always have that connection there, and she and I kind of laugh about it. But I've never met anybody so thankful um, for just the opportunity. I mean, she literally will will say at every practice, you know, I'm just happy to be here. I'm so thankful to be here. I, you know, I'm thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful that I get to be here with my teammates. Uh, she really appreciates what this league is all about and what this what our team is all about and what we want to accomplish here um you know for you have my my twitter handle on there as well too if if anybody's interested um in reaching out uh you know we're we're always looking for for opportunities uh i our team is very involved in the buffalo community the western new york community um we do a lot of charity work and we're going to continue to do that as much as possible even amidst amidst the pandemic um and we really do appreciate the the fan support and uh just the love and appreciation from that way as does do all the teams in the NWHL and our league on the whole um you know i I'd, I'd like to thank both of you guys for just having me on tonight this was a great great forum and a uh, real pleasure meeting both of you and then certainly a shout out here to to Dan who's been a longtime friend of mine as well i wouldn't be here where i am today if and and doing a dream job uh, in all honesty, if if it wasn't for his strong belief in supporting me and sincere friendship and um, just, you know, starting from covering the NWHL together and, and finding a passion in this. Uh, he's, he's a wonderful person, as you guys know, and extremely knowledgeable um, when it comes to the sport of hockey, uh, whether, you know, we're talking the Devils, NHL, women's hockey, collegiate hockey. I mean, he really knows his, his stuff. So, um, he's a great friend and, and it's always a pleasure to work with them. But uh, this has been fantastic, guys. I, I, I really appreciate that you would think highly enough of me to have me on and give me a chance to talk about this. Yeah, no, we, again, I, I strongly support the NWHL and, you know, we just watched some, some, we didn't even get into uh, the, the U S Canada game that just, just happened mm-hmm. earlier this week. And it was a phenomenal game, just a great game to watch all around, whether you're, uh, you know, a fan of the results or not. So uh, again, women's hockey is just as exciting as men's. And and for those who may be naysayers, I just tell you, watch one game, just watch one game, even a regular season game, and you will agree with me. It's It's so much fun. So gentlemen, thank you very much for what you do. And thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it having you. All right. Be well, guys. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Put that energy drink down. 
Don't you know that common energy drinks contain high levels of caffeine and other harmful ingredients that can lead to increased blood pressure and heart rhythm disturbances? Finding that energy you need for everyday activities doesn't need to put your health at risk. ID Life's energy formula doesn't use artificial ingredients or a massive dose of caffeine. Energy's caffeine levels are released slowly over time, allowing for longer periods of energy without crash, not to mention keeping your heart safe. Energy also includes neurotransmitters for mood, focus, memory, and cognitive function. ID Life also added antioxidants associated with brain health for no reason besides perfection. With rockin'thatidlife.com, you can get an energy boost and leave the heart risk behind. Text Dustin at 636-393-8745 or visit rockin'thatidlife.com and throw those gas station energy drinks in the garbage. That's 636-393-8745 and rockin'thatidlife.com and tell Dustin that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. So, Bill, before we uh, we get into the bulk of blues uh, talk here, uh, I want to point out, I don't know if you can see it now, the shirt that I'm wearing. So I've mentioned before that I have been cleaning out my mom's uh, basement for years now, and uh, I found an old bin of my old clothes. So I got this shirt when I was 11 years old, 1996. I'm going to I'm going to hold it up here. Wayne That's Gretzky, beauty. and it says that St. Louis has the great one. So, first of all, let me just point out: I was 11 years old when I got this shirt. I am now 36. It's it's a little small. It's a little. It it comes right to my waistline. So when I had it on earlier, my wife was laughing at me. But the fact that I was able to still wear this, I said I should feel pretty good about myself. But then I thought, you know what? actually that i was a very large 11 year old <laughs> i was gonna say did you used to kick the shit out of everybody you met you i was a very large over? so ah. <laughs> so dude i'm not kidding i uh in eighth grade i i became 511 uh and mm. i was like the second tallest kid in in all the school um now i am 511 and a half I grew a half an inch after eighth grade. So I, I was a pretty large 11 year old. Um, and, uh, not just that way too. It's it, that was before I really got into playing hockey. I mean, I was playing, but not to the level I did when I was in high school. So yeah, I was, I was kind of a bigger kid, so it's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Doritos. I, yeah. Well, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, a little, a little too much, um, you know, NHL 93, NHL 94 and the the predecessor video games, um, Doritos and soda and not enough, uh, rink time and actual, you know, taking care of the, you know, the physical condition and, and making myself a finely tuned athlete. Um, yeah. So that that's why that dream died on the vine. Yep. But, yeah, me too. You know. No, I was uh yeah, I said love Doritos, loved uh love like you said 90 NHL 94 video games in general, Sega Genesis. I mean, I just mm-hmm. played the shit out of that. I remember multiple times my mom coming downstairs at 4 a.m. and saying, "What the hell are you doing? You've got to go to school in 3 hours." Um oh, I, yeah, not not the best I, lifestyle. 
Yeah, I used to I used to do play by play. When I when I played the game, I did the play by play while it was going on, and I don't know how many times that my parents would just come and slam the door to my room shut. <laughs> tired of it. Tired of hearing it. <laughs> you know, my mom is coming to my defense here on the Facebook chat. Uh, Mary Woodruff Ponder says shirt was big too. So she's trying to say the shirt was big when I was 11, which it might've been, but I mean, come on, mom, you, you know, I was a large child. <laughs> uh, so, it's, it's, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say comment in the YouTube chat from uh, a, a new handle that I'm not familiar with, but probably somebody who we know 31 teeth says Jeff used to be a goon. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was a goon, but I definitely, uh, I used my size to my advantage uh, in youth hockey. So yeah, I, I got away with a lot more than I probably should have. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go ahead and move on to, uh, and, and obviously it's a little later than usual, but we're going to do our today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL blues history account. This is for uh, September 2nd, 2021. So on this day in 1992, Doug Wickenheiser was signed as a free agent with the Peoria Rivermen, which was a Blues affiliate. After playing two years in Europe, Wickenheiser ended up leading the Rivermen that season in goals, assists, and points. 30 goals, 45 assists, and 75 points. And a little commentary here from STL Blues history. Put the number 14 banner back in the rafters where it belongs, which I think every host of this show will agree with that. Mm. Absolutely. Um, still, I don't know. I, I, I still, I, I don't know that, um, you know, the number 14 should be retired per se, but the banner needs to be up there. And they need to be very selective, kind of like number seven doesn't go to just anybody. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's an honored number. It's not a retired number. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was never a fan of Eric Boganicki wearing 14 after he swapped from 33. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was odd. Um, and I'm fine with, um, with, with that number. We said, we, well, Kurt and I talked about this last week. I'm fine with him taking the number down. Honestly, I am. But you've got to do something with it. You can't just take it down and then just not. I mean, it's sitting in a basement somewhere, right? It's sitting in the bowels of the Enterprise Center somewhere. You know, like hang it at Centene. Hang it in the uh, St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame there that they have there at, uh, out on the concourse of the Enterprise Center. Do something with it. Don't just act like it doesn't exist. Uh, it was a big part of Blues history. Yeah. Yep, I remember, you know, when you know they they came up with uh, you know the logo and the fourteen fund, and they were doing a lot of community uh, outreach. Uh, I remember um, late nineties working uh, in St. Clair Square Mall, and uh, Ken Wilson was uh, at the Lids location. Um, I probably wasn't Lids at that time, but you know whatever the the popular athletic um, apparel and hat store. Um, was uh, he was in there signing autographs and uh, you know giving out um, 
uh, different uh, 14 fun stuff and I, I found it. I, I don't have it with me right now, but uh, you know, again, cleaning out the parents' house, all, all the stuff you find, I found my little button that Ken Wilson gave me and uh, we had a nice little chat about the 14 fun and you know, what, uh, what a great thing that was. And yeah, oh, it, it needs to be recognized. Definitely. Definitely does. Uh, September 2nd, 2020. So just last year, the St. Louis Blues traded goaltender Jake Allen to the Montreal Canadiens for a third round pick and a swap of seventh rounders. Uh, the post also included with uh, STL Blues History's tweet, uh, included a video of Jake Allen discussing the trade with uh, Andy Strickland. So, um, yeah, one one year ago today, I remember we had a show shortly after and talked about the trade. Um, to this day, I know that people are upset with that, but you look at the, uh, I don't want to say cap trouble the Blues are in because Sunquest will start the year on IR, but, um, you know, Rob Thomas still unsigned at this point. Um, you still have a backup goalie making what Jake makes. Uh there's no question. You can't sign the guys that you've signed. Uh, you can't sign uh, Buchnevich and Saad to the deals you did. So it's um, it, it's a trade that had to happen. Right. Absolutely. I mean, this this roster is entirely different. Um, something, you know, somebody else that uh, maybe you know, and and hey. We know the history of Jake Allen. He's very much maligned for a long time of, you know, um, as, as he was tried to, you know, be force fed the number one position and seemed to refuse it. Um, but at the end of his tenure here, he was the, the, the perfect one B goaltender that you would want in an organization. And we just, we didn't have the funds to keep him. So, um, you know, we may have wound up losing somebody uh, more popular um, had had he not been the guy to go to Montreal. So uh, interesting note that I just got from um, the interviews we had with uh, Nate Oliver and uh, Dan Rice. February 21st, President's Day. Uh, apparently Buffalo has an outdoor game. So uh, pay attention to that. I don't have the details. I, I'll look it up for a and i'll post it on facebook or uh, twitter later but yeah apparently they have an outdoor game so if you're interested in seeing an outdoor game for the buffalo buttes uh definitely something you'll want to check out buffalo uh, outdoors in february mm, yeah that's... i wonder if there'll be a snowstorm and Sidney crosby will appear and score a big goal yeah and doc <laughs> emmerich will yeah, you know, ooze all over him or whatever. Ow! What a goal! <laughs> Big Sorry, drive. That's my, that's, my that's my terrible Mike Emmerich impersonation. And a drive. Awful <laughs> uh, boy to so, <laughs> into the corner. Uh, Colton Pareko uh, has signed an eight-year, $52 million extension with the St. Louis Blues. That is a $6.5 million AAV. It is a real shame that Kurt Price did not join us for this show because I know he would have a lot to say about a lot of the uh, the talk that went on Twitter a couple uh, weeks ago after the Seth Jones signing, the Dougie Hamilton signing. 
there was another one. I can't remember who it was, but um, that Colton Pareko is going to command eight to nine million at the least. Um, reading everything we read today, uh, which his new deal will start in 2022-2023, so he would have been a uh, unrestricted free agent next summer. So this uh, deal does not kick in until after his current contract's over. Um, but reading what we were reading from people, uh, suggesting that there is a chance he's going to ask for a lot of money, um, and then seeing what he said today and what Doug Armstrong had to say, uh, it seems like he is committed. He wants to stay in St. Louis. Um, and I know that we talk all the time about, like, well, that we as in sports fans talk about uh, the uh, the hometown discount. Oh, the home team discount. You know, he's been here forever. He's going to sign for a discount. I've never in my life believed in that. I never expect that from a player. I feel like your career window is so short. You don't want to take that home team discount, and that's why I respect players who don't. But does this not feel – and I'm not saying that I think this is a uh, – okay. I think this is a fair deal for both sides, especially considering the injury issues from last year with Pareko. But um, looking at what he potentially – if he has a good season, which I think he will, what he could have gotten next summer – in free agency um, after a year of players. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, of fans returning to the buildings potential. The cap's going to go up in the next couple years. Uh, he probably could have signed for probably more money. I think it's fair to say that uh, you got to think this might have actually been a home team discount. He wants to stay here. He wants to play here and he loves the organization and the fans, which you have to appreciate. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely feels that way. Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 interesting. You know, thinking back to uh, you know one of uh, one of my uh, all time highs but lows on social media uh, when we were um, you know speculating about the. Uh, potential team Canada roster and uh, looking at, uh, you know, who, who the uh, Craig button had on his list and um, pointed out that uh, he didn't seem to value Colton Pareko too high um, or had something against Colton Pareko. And yeah, he, he laughed at me on social media. That, that was great. But, you know, it, 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 you do wonder how much do, you know, how much do fans, you know, potentially have that, uh, uh, you know, that, that bias, the familiarity bias, um, and, and overvalue their own players. Um, you know, I, I, I think that Perico, um, you know, is, he still has a tremendous amount of upside, but there's also a lot more risk now, uh, given what he went through over the last, um, you know, 18 months, you know, uh, go, well, I guess not, not even 18 months, but about 14 months going back to when the bubble started. Um, you know, he's, it, he's not been the same player and he's been hampered by back injuries. And uh, that's, that's always going to be a risk for, for, you know, a, a big lanky guy like him. Um, hopefully that gets, uh, gets addressed and gets fixed. And, you know, he was, he always felt like he was going to be the heir apparent to Petrangelo. And this deal, you know, hands him that 
you know, on a platter. He's still got still got protection, um, you know, in terms of not being the only only, you know, stud right hand defenseman. Um, you know, obviously Justin Falk and Alex Petrangelo are different players, but at the at least the beginning of the season that Justin Falk had last year, that, that's great. Um, you know, I, I think this this deal is awesome in in that it gives him it still gives him room to grow. Um but there's certainty on both sides, right? It's it's an eight year deal, and you know it's <clears throat> there's there's a lot of risk on Armstrong um, that if if he's injured, you know, and doesn't doesn't get back to the level that he was two years ago, um, that it blows up in his face. But there's still so much upside with the guy that it, it's going to be. You know, it, it could wind up being a super sweetheart deal by the time it's done. Yeah, he's uh, was he's thirty six when the deal's up. Um, yeah. and at that point, I mean, six point five million for a defenseman who you expect to play defense. You know, it's not he's not Eric Carlson. You're not asking him to skate the play up, and you know, he's not even a Justin Falk. You know that. You're not relying on him for that. And I think that was a comment I saw on uh, uh, social media earlier today. Somebody made a comment. How can you sign a guy who only had 30 points like, or uh, his career? What was it? His career high in points was um, Petrangelo's career low in points. And it was like, but that's not why he's being signed. He's not a point guy. And it's not that he's a, purely defensive defenseman either he's a guy who can get the play moving he can he can dictate play he's not chris pronger in that aspect but he can dictate play he'll he'll steal the puck and he'll get it up to his forwards which is what you need out of a defenseman as long as you have the skilled forwards who can do it um and i i think i think this is a great deal for for the blues um yes Injuries last year makes you question if this is the right move. But I think Armstrong came into this deal knowing that if if Pareko has a great year, he is going to say, listen, I want to stay here, but you've got to pay me 8, 8.5. Um, coming off an injury-riddled year to lock him up for eight years, and, and let's face it, that was his first injury-riddled year, right? I mean, we haven't seen him have serious lingering injuries before this past season. So to me, it's not a major (laughs) risk. I mean, maybe it is, but it's, it's, it's yes, there's a risk there. Maybe he never recovers from the injuries he had last year, but if he can come back to form to where he was, uh, even right before the bubble, I mean, my God, sky's the limit for that kid. And and this, I say kid, he's not a kid anymore. But I mean, the, 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 it's hard to yeah. believe he's twenty eight. Yeah, I feel like he he's still a kid. Like I still think of him right. as like this up and coming defenseman. But he's there now, and I I really think that you're going to see him step his game up this year, be the number one defenseman that people wanted him to be last year. And uh, uh, hopefully not have the injuries we saw. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, that last year was the, you know, his first injury prone year. You remember back in his rookie year and how just he was just so 
resilient and, you know, he'd block shots. And then there was that game against the Islanders where his leg bent backwards and we're like, okay, he's done for the year. Yeah. Didn't miss a single shift. Yeah. And he, I, know, I think that, he that missed, well, I think he missed the rest of that period and it was, oh, God damn it. He's done. Like this sensational yeah. rookie is done. And then he comes back out for the third period. It was like, what the fuck? It was like a goalie getting hit in the face in the sixties. Like that guy's done. But then he comes back out stitched up in the third period. You know, like what? Well, <laughs> what the hell? We're pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Don't worry. Us defensemen are too. <laughs> um, that's why no, I became so, a defenseman. That's I right. Continue to be dumb. Yep. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, 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 I turned the puck over behind my net uh, a couple weeks ago. And, um, I mean, it, and it was a penalty kill. I, I tried to clear it, um, tried to clear it. And the guy ended up, it was, it wasn't high enough. He ended up knocking it down right in front of the net. And then he slid it across to a guy waiting on the other side. Would have been a tapping goal. The minute I saw the guy knock the puck down with his glove, I just charged in front of the net and then dove down. And as the guy like received the pass on the side of the net, he tried to rifle this one timer and I blocked it with my shin guards and the puck ended up going out of the zone. And my goalie looks at me and goes, what the fuck are you doing, man? And I just go, dude, I turned the puck over. I had to do something. And he was like, no, no, I blocked the shots. You don't, this is men's league. This isn't the NHL. I'm just like, sorry, dude. It was, it was just like instant reaction. Like I had to do it. So yeah, we're we're fucking stupid too. We all do the dumb shit that goalies do too sometimes. <laughs> but um, did you know? And I didn't know this till I read. Uh, I think it was TSN's article about the Pareko signing. I guess I just didn't realize. Now with Vince Dunn gone. Uh, Pareko and Robert Bertuzzo are the only defensemen left from the 2019 cup run. Uh, that's, that's crazy. I didn't realize we had that, that much turnover. Yeah. I mean, Petro, Bowmeister, Gunnarsson. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Edmonton all gone. Yeah. Yep. It's, it is, it's, it is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we still have a very solid decor, though. I mean, it, not those guys. I mean, maybe you don't have the, the you know, the the initial impressions we had of Scandella was like, oh, he's going to fit in right now, you know, pretty well. And, you know, we'll all kind of forget about Bo Meester, and that's not turned out to be the case over the long term. But, uh, you know, Tory Krug, I thought, really started to come on at the very end of last season and start to play the game that we saw him play in Boston. And if he comes out this season, uh, either paired with Pareko or Falk and plays that way, man, we still have a, a, a really, really great, you know, top three. And, yeah. you know, we're not going to confuse him with Petrangelo, any of these guys, but long-term, you know, I, 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 think you know we've still i don't think our windows closed based on our d at this point yeah so uh you mentioned uh krug but justin falk krug and pareko 
are all now locked up through 2026, 2027 at least. They're all making $6.5 million, uh per year, in at least in cap head. Uh, that's $19.5 million of the $81.5 million uh, current salary cap. That's only 23.9% of the cap, and that's if it stays flat uh, through next year. So um, I think that's pretty good. Honestly, you know, you look at uh, some of the other defenses around the league. There was uh, there was a comment made about how I think they're um, the top three defensemen of your team um, making up. Oh, I can't remember the exact stat. It was like uh, if they make up more than 20 percent of your cap. There's only three teams that are doing that right now. I know one of the other teams was San Jose. And so it was. Oh, so the Blues are San Jose and it's. No, because I think these three deals are good deals. Um, Justin Falk turned his game around. I think Tory Krug left something to be desired for for as a whole last year. But like you said, turned it on late. Uh, thought he had an okay playoff, but was great late in the season down the stretch. Um, I I'm I'm okay with that, and I know that I my biggest thing going into the offseason was improve the defense. Uh, you got to consider Scott Perunovich is probably going to be stepping in this year, which he is by all accounts supposed to be a, a wonderful rookie uh, this year. And then I think Jake Wallman stepping in as a in a full time role. I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that. I think he's he yeah. showed great strides last year. Um, yeah, we waited for waited for a while for him to finally crack the NHL, but you know, former Providence College. Uh, you know, strong defenseman out of PC. I, I was always super excited to see him here. And when he finally cracked the lineup last year, and I mean, he, he is such a, a great skater like that, that, you know, bursts, burst of speed, one quick stride and he's up to speed and, and out the zone. It, that, that is such an underrated element that, that we didn't have that many you know, super strong skaters. Jabo, you know, was was pretty fleet of foot, you know, in his time. But you know, towards the end of his career, not so much. I, I'm 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 excited to see an entire year of Walman out there. Yeah. So, oh, definitely. Me too. Nicola, Nicola's got yeah. another opportunity. I I uh, I was talking with a friend uh, last night, and he mentioned he wants to see a top pairing of Pareko and Mikola. And I'm like, that's interesting. I think I would actually enjoy that too. And then you throw out uh, Krug and Falk as a, as a second pair, and then uh, Wallman and um, Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo or Pornovich or yeah. whoever. Uh, right. I think that I'd like to see that. I want to see that in training camp, see how that looks. Yeah. Because I, th- I think so. Mikola would give Pareko the opportunity to play a little more offense. Not, again, I don't think he's ever going to put up the numbers that we saw from an elite Petrangelo. But, you know, he's he's a guy we've seen great passing ability, great shot. I mean, accurate and hard. Um, I could see him having a career year if he has the opportunity to step in and play more offense. But um, we'll see if that happens. I, I, I would love to see it in training camp and see what it looks like. Yeah. And training camp's not that far away. We're in September. We're getting there. Two weeks. Two and a half weeks. Did you ever? I mean, I it it's 
it's so funny because I do these summer shows and I'm always just like, oh, God, it's August. And I just it's so hard. Like, I love doing the shows, but I'm thinking, oh, I want hockey back so bad. But now I'm at a point where I, it's it's September 2nd. And I'm like, this summer kind of went by quick. This is uh, this is awesome. We're so close to training camp. I can't wait to see uh, to see some more hockey coming here soon. So uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery, let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. So it is. Uh, it's just going to be me here for a minute. Uh, I'm actually going to uh, make a change here. And uh, hey, everybody, how you doing? Uh, for those of you on the podcast, it's uh, just showing myself now. So you see my entire background here and all my blues glory, my beautiful gloves in the background that I have hanging from the old Kings days in the '60s. Uh, but anyway, so um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into. Because uh, Bill's got to tend to something um, with his dog, unfortunately. Uh, so let's talk about some rapid-fire hockey tidbits. Uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and discuss something because uh, I want to talk about the Canadians and Hurricane situation, but uh, I definitely want to do that with Bill. So I'm going to go ahead and move on and talk about the Islanders. Uh, I kind of made a joke earlier with our guests of the show, uh, but uh, they finally announced their summer moves. So this was all already speculated on. There's already been talk and, and all that, that eventually, you know, we're going to hear that the Islanders signed certain players. Well, they signed RFAs, uh, Anthony Beauvillier and Ilya Sorokin. And then also, uh, UFAs, Casey Zizekas and Kyle Palmieri. So it's, this is newsworthy because, the Islanders have been the one team who have not announced a thing this summer. There has not been one word about what they've done. So I find it hilarious that the, uh, and again, it's it's the old school antics of Lou Lamarillo, Mr. No Social Media, Mr. No Beards. Um, you know, I, I want my team to uh, act in a professional manner, that kind of thing, which is fine. Obviously, it's worked for the Islanders. They've been unbelievable the last couple of years, almost making the Stanley Cup final two years in a row. Um, but uh, but yeah, so finally these 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 were announced. And then after we hear about this, uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic, who's a Minnesota Wild reporter, uh, he reports that Zach Parisi is now joining the Isles, which again is something that uh, that we had kind of heard and people had speculated about. Uh, the Islanders are still yet to announce that signing, though. Uh, he was bought out by the Wild and then signed with the Islanders earlier this summer. 
Uh, Parisi says he is, quote, waiting for G, uh, general manager Lou Lamarillo to register his contract with the NHL. And I should say that quote comes directly from Mike uh, Michael Russo of the Athletics. So uh, Islanders are um, definitely a team that would uh, that, that doesn't like announcing their their contracts, announcing their deals. But um, this is uh, this is definitely something that uh, I laugh to myself about because in today's age, like you know, it's right away. I mean, we you look at the Seattle Kraken. And it was, we were hearing about what players were selected hours before it was supposed to be announced. But then you got a team like the Islanders who were just, nope, we're tight-lipped. We're not saying a word. Um, and by the way, Bill, don't worry. I skipped the Canadian story, so that way we could talk about it. I'm talking about the Islanders specifically. Uh, but yeah, a lot, uh, lot of deals announced by the <clears throat> Islanders and then by Zach Parisi about the Islanders. Yeah, no, actually, these these uh, I'm wearing some Galaxy Buds Pro stayed connected the entire time, so I could hear everything you were saying. Just couldn't couldn't contribute to the conversation. But I do appreciate you you skipping uh, the Canes uh, Habs news and and waiting for me. Of but course. Uh, yeah, going going back to. Uh, um, our uh, interview earlier, um, I, I wanted to make a joke that I, I hope that um, with the news that uh, Dan broke um, about Lev coming back, um, that Jack Brote, the GM of the Whitecaps, is it truly the Lou Lamarillo of the NWHL? Because we're either going to wind up getting slapped with a cease and desist, <laughs> or one of us is going to disappear with his Providence connections. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't mess with Sweet Lou. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, because uh, Dan lives in, like, shouting distance of uh, a Mr. Lamarillo. So I'm like... Oh, Dan, <laughs> like you might, if they're in cahoots, you never know. You might say, Hey Lou, I need, I need some of your guys to go find this Dan Rice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was pretty funny though. Um, great, great to be breaking news for once. Yeah. How about that? I mean, that was literally like, we've joked before, like, Oh, we've got something breaking here. That was literally breaking news that you probably heard on Let's Go Blues Radio before anybody else. So that's uh, that's awesome. Um, now again, friend of the show, Lev Amanda Levier. We uh, we love her. She was fantastic on this show. I hope to have her on again. Um, but yeah, good news. Glad to see she's she's still competing in the NWHL. She's uh, she's a hell of a goalie. And again, watch those feeds on Twitch, people, because. Uh, she's, she's does some acrobatic stuff. Uh, Minnesota Whitecaps goalie does a great job. So let's talk yeah, about, uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I will, uh, I will admit that I, I'm have only caught like a period of NWHL and that was while they were on NBCSN, uh, you know, during the playoffs last year, just, you know, not something that, that I've made time to watch, um, but I, I will definitely do it. And if you caught any part of any of the Team USA versus Team Canada women's hockey games, 
in any game that those two teams have played in the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that is some of the best hockey hands down that you will see. I mean, that that's snipe that uh, oh. really Philippe Poulain to, to win it in overtime the other night. Like that's, you know, reminiscent of the Patrick Kane, 2010 goal. Right. Right? And I, and I, I kept seeing that posted everywhere. Right. Everybody said, you know, she knew it was in just like Patrick Kane. And I'm like, "Eh, maybe let's not uh, lump her in with that guy. Um, (laughs) And let's, let's just give her her credit. I I saw somebody posted, you know, uh, Marie Philippe Poulin is the Marie Philippe Poulin of women's hockey. There is no comparison. You don't have to compare her to a man. She is just, she's the legend. And yeah. uh, just, I mean, hell, that got, that got played on channel five in St. Louis, 10, 10 o'clock news. Um, I mean, that it, it was, it was a hell of a moment. And yeah. And if, if there's, you know, if that's the talent that's going to be on display, um, you know, through a uh, a regular season in the NWHL, uh, I'm definitely going to catch some games. Oh, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's again, it's I I compare it to like playing uh, ice hockey and playing roller hockey. You know, it's it's hockey, but it's a different style. It's just it's different. It's hard to put a word on it. It's just different. And that's what I say about the NWHL and, and, and women's hockey in general. It's just different from men's hockey. It's it's a diff, It just feels like it's a different skill set. Um, it's a different mindset. It's it's, but it's awesome. It's equally awesome to the NHL. And like for me, just being a hockey junkie, like I said, I'll just watch any hockey there is, and and even if I don't have a rooting interest, and yeah. Honestly, some of the best games I've watched are when I don't have a rooting interest. And I'm just like, this was just a great hockey game. That's how I feel about the NWHL. I don't have a favorite team. I'll just tune in and be like, well, that was a hell of a hockey game. And and that's what I want to see. So it's 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 a lot of fun. I, I definitely recommend if you haven't seen it, you check it out. Uh in the YouTube chat, uh Austin Lynch, which I just love when he posts stuff like this. I'm back. Sorry, had to finish schoolwork. You know, Austin, you didn't have to tell us that you weren't paying attention for a while. We would have just assumed you were listening. So I appreciate your candor and your honesty, but it's truly unnecessary. You don't have to do that. Um, and he asks us, Bill, are we getting Kraken jerseys? Uh, I'm not truly planning on it yet. Um I'm not the type of guy that goes out and gets like the new team Jersey right away. Uh, I'm the guy that, that more is like, I'm going to buy the Jersey that the, of the team that doesn't exist anymore. Um, like my last mm-hmm. two purchases were a um, um, California golden seals and a Hartford Whalers Jersey. So mm-hmm. I'm not rushing out to get a Kraken Jersey. I think they look great. I love the Kraken jerseys. Honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a nice look, but it's it's not in my list of jerseys to buy right now. Right, I I begrudgingly would have bought one had they had the balls to sign Gary or to pick Gary Price in the draft. 
I would have had a price crack on Jersey in, in a second. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, they, they, something organic has to happen with them before I'm, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I need a Jersey. Um, they haven't played a game yet. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, let, let's see, let's see how they do. Yeah. Uh, 31 teeth in the, uh, in the YouTube chat says, do you guys think we signed Bozak? I see it being difficult with Thomas still not signed, but Bozak is a great veteran presence. Um, again, Sunquist is going to go on long-term injury reserve to start the year. So the blues are going to have a little bit more salary room than people realize maybe. But uh, I do think if you sign Bozak, you have to, I think you do have to move Tarasenko. And I, I mean, that's my opinion. That's not any insider knowledge or anything like that. Um, I think that at this point, I think the blues are fully set on just starting training camp with Tarasenko in the lineup. So I think Bozak signs a, uh, uh, what's that called? The PTO with, uh, with another team, maybe even with the blues. Yeah. Professional tryout with another team for training camp. Uh, which honestly, I'm, I'm actually a little shocked. He hasn't been signed by anybody to this point. I, I thought he is a fine player. I, I want to see him back in a blues Jersey. If, 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 uh, if it's possible, but, um, yeah, I see him signing a PTO. Now, we've seen players sign PTOs before and then not sign with the team they signed the PTO with. So maybe he signs a PTO, let's just say, Vancouver. And then, um, you know, Blues have an injury in camp or they end up moving Tarasenko. They can still step in and say, Tyler, we want to sign you to a one-year, you know, $3 million deal. And he can sign that. doesn't matter that he has a PTO with the Canucks. So, there's still a likelihood that happens, but um, I think at this point, Blues have moved on and said, yeah, I think we're good to go with the roster we have, including Tarasenko, and uh, I just don't see Bozak back at this point. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'd I love to have him back, um, but, you know, it would have to be, you know, a, a, a super sweetheart deal, and I think somebody's going to throw some money at him, whether it's you know Vancouver, whether it's Calgary, um, some some team out there um, will find use for for Tyler Bozak and give him more than the Blues could offer at, at this point. You know that definitely you have to prioritize Robert Thomas, um, you know, over anything else. Um, you know, in terms of what's remaining. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I love Bozy. I think he was a key part of that team. Um, you know, some, some, you know, just indelible moments in the, you know, in the run, um, you know, the uh, uh, trip moment uh, against Boston and Noel Achari. Um, and then, you know, some of the, uh, some of the games against Winnipeg, I mean, he was, he really stood out and was great, but yeah, there it is. What a trip. (laughs) One of my um, favorite headlines ever. And (laughs) in the post dispatch. Yeah. But I, I, I do think, unfortunately we, uh, we've seen the last of him in in a blues Jersey and, and, uh, that's, uh, I don't know, like uh uh 
Nate said, um, never say never, but uh, it's not looking too good. Yeah, like I said, if there's an injury in camp or, again, if Tarasenko's moved and they free up a bunch of cap space, maybe there's something there. But but I'll say this. Tyler Bozak will be in the NHL next season. Um, He's a recent cup winner. He played fine for the Blues down the stretch last year. Um, And he's a solid third-line center at this point in his career uh, on the on the. Well, I'd say the right team, but almost the wrong team. He's a second line center, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he's still an NHL player at this point in his career. Um, so he'll be in the NHL next year. It'd be awesome to see him in a Blues jersey, but good chance that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like Bill said, I, I think I don't know. Depending on how the the you know what happens and what checks out with Tarasenko, maybe that's the avenue that you can bring him back. Um, but it would have to be a either a futures return or a disappointing return for Tarasenko if that's the case. Yeah, agree. So, uh, Bill definitely wanted to wait for you <laughs> to get your take on this one. Carolina Hurricanes signed Canadian center Jesperi Kotkiniemi to a one-year, $6.1 million offer sheet last Saturday. Uh, You know, I read an article that said this was not revenge for the Canadians trying to sign Sebastian Ajo. I don't know how you can say that, because it clearly (laughs) is. You look at the signing (laughs) bonus for Katki Niemi, it was $20. And guess what? That's Ajo's number. (laughs) Yep. It it was it was a revenge signing designed for social media. I mean yep. the the Kane's Twitter account is you know top two in the league, um, you know top top two top three. Um, but that that was so many strokes of genius um, playing the you know what was it the skip boat card, um, mm-hmm. you know back at you, um, just. Just it, yeah, they, for, and then for those, and then to to make the announcement later in French, uh, just right. It, there were so many moments, uh, you know, as as a Canadiens fan uh, and a Cockney fan, and an owner of a Canadiens Cockney jersey. Uh, I I hate it, but um, <laughs> I I have to give props to uh, to the Canadian social media team. Uh, you know that that whole thing was very well very well executed, and uh, you know that's uh, um, you know it, it, it's interesting that the you know that there is a strong prevailing thought that Montreal's not going to not going to match. They're going to take the picks, and um, you know Carolina is going to have to you know pay them six point one for a year. Um, you know, I, I I think the biggest thing you know the, there there has been a lot of you know uh, at, at least for you know the the Canadians fans and uh, podcasts that I uh, follow on Twitter. Um, there's been a lot of dissension, you know, do we sign him? Do we not? Uh, but the one thing I think most people tend to agree on is how poorly the Canadians have managed Kakaniyami to this point in his career, um, keeping him up as an 18 year old and, and not, you know, letting him develop more. Um, it seems to be the, the biggest thing that most people can agree on. Um, 
I think the kid's got a, a tremendous upside. I mean, you mentioned the uh, Stanley Cup game that, or the, some of the playoff games that we went to the Center Ice Brewery. Uh, Kakaniemi had the game winner against Toronto, the overtime game winner, and uh, you know that's uh, that was an amazing moment. And I'm like, God, this this team looks so great going forward with uh, you know Suzuki and Kakaniemi uh, centering them um, for for years to come, and uh, yeah, and then two weeks later, he's scratched in the final. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't understand that. No, and, and you mentioned the uh, the switcheroo card uh, from Uno that the Carolina that, Hurricanes. That's what it was. Yeah. Uno. I thought it was Skippo. I, I, it's been a Close. long time since I've played card games. I've got some nieces and nephews, so I know Uno way too well. Unfortunately, my wife. Okay, I... I don't know if it, and this is a total tangent side note. Um, it, you may not, people may not know. I'm not good at hockey. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Uh, and I'm not good at most things <laughs> in terms of athletic competition, but uh, I am a very competitive person. Um, so even though I may not be the best hockey player, I, I've always been told that I'm like the hardest skater. I'm the hardest the person who works the hardest to improve themselves. And it's the same way with, with anything. Uh, for example, I, uh, a former co-host of the show, Justin Wilson, uh, prides himself as a great monopoly player. I fucking hate monopoly. I hate monopoly so much because I feel like every game just ends with, okay, fuck it. You win. I'm done. It, there's never an actual winner. It's that we get so tired of fucking playing that we're just like, ah, I don't want to play anymore. This is stupid. Whoever's in the lead, you win. Um, it's a game of attrition. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. But when I found out that he says, I'm the best Monopoly player this is, there is, I found this out a couple months ago. Now I've set a goal for myself. All right, I need to find out how I can beat him so I can be the best monopoly player and never let him win ever again. Uh, that's just, that's how my mind works. That's how I'm wired. My wife has beaten me in Uno every goddamn time I've played her in 12 years, 11 years now that we've been together. And I am like infuriated. And I told her I am never playing you again. And I'm like, I've literally looked up like how to win Uno on Google and I will not play her until I figure it out. So, because let's face it, right? It's totally a game of fucking chance. You know, yeah. for the most part, there's some strategy. Don't get me wrong. But it's mostly a game of chance. And so, but I'm I'm just like, I'm not playing her until I know how to win. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So, that's how I am in most things in life. I have to be the best, even though I know there's a good chance I'm not going to be. <laughs> so anyway um this was uh yeah this was a a shock to many people um i i don't know i it's such a weird offer because usually you see like a three or four year offer it's a one-year deal and you know it's because caroline is looking at it and saying they can't afford to pay somebody 6.1 next year and that's why they made the offer. But then you think about it, and it's, you know, if you're the Canadians, maybe you tell Kat Kiniemi, go play in Carolina for a year. We'll sign you next summer. 
Um, again, I don't, I, you know, clearly things might happen that would change that, but, um, you know, that way the Canadians are stockpiling picks, not having to pay a guy 6.1 next year. And, uh, cause they, they still haven't, they, they're still not allowing full attendance in Canada, right? Mm, I, I haven't seen anything about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming they're still not a hundred percent, but yeah, so it, I, I don't know. It's a really weird situation, and they have to have an answer about tomorrow, right? That I don't know either. But I think it's tomorrow is the deadline. Yeah. The only thing I've seen is that you know they they announced that uh, um, fully vaccinated and masked media members will have access to the locker room. That's about the only thing I've seen that's trickled out on Twitter tonight. I think Mike Russo was was one of the guys that that put that out there. Uh, our friend Oilers Live, who's um, uh, by the way Michael A. Bear, no relation to Guy A. Bear, former Blues goalie. Uh, he says uh, it was definitely revenge. He says uh, full attendance but double vaxxed. Good for you, Canada. Um, I hope that's that's nationwide because that's the way it should be. Uh, make sure that you are vaxxed. Uh, and, and yes, he also says tomorrow is the deadline. Uh, that's what I thought. I think it's tomorrow at noon, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, noon Eastern time. Um, but um, no, thank you very much for that information, Michael, who, by the way, we need to get you on the show here soon. We'll talk about the upcoming season but anyway uh 31 teeth over in the uh youtube chat how many points do you think sod can get if he stays on the second line for most of the season um it depends on what the second line is um you know if there's a bunch of injuries and the second line is barbashev and clifford (laughs) he's not getting a lot of points but, you know, if he's playing with, you know, a, a Buchnevich or a, a Tarasenko and a Shen, I mean, there's no reason to think he couldn't match his uh, – I, I can't remember what his career year was, but uh, there's no reason to think that he, he couldn't put up some big numbers for the Blues. I'm trying to look up right now what his uh, – uh, uh, come on. Come on, HL.com. Help me out here. Uh, so his career year, I think it was with Columbus that he had his best year. Um, let's see, 50, 53 points. Yeah, both years in Columbus was his best year. Uh, 53 points twice, uh, 31 goals, 22 assists one year, and then 24 goals and 29 point, uh, assists the next year. Uh, 53 points. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying to expect that. Uh, but I, I could definitely see him coming close, at least, to 53 points if he plays with the right teammates. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 as long as, you know, the, I, I would I, – tripping all over my words here, but <laughs> thinking back to last year in the Hoffman experience, um, as long as he's managed and coached correctly, yeah, he's he can – he'll put up 40 – Points for sure. Points, not goals. I'm not yeah. not going back into that <laughs> trap. Forty points, um, fifty points. You know, in you know, over the course of a season, you know, fifty points definitely. 
60 points would be maybe a bit of a stretch, but who knows? Who knows what kind of chemistry they're going to find, um, who he's going to play with, whether, you know, like you said, it, is it is it going to be with, uh, you know, Shen? Um, is it going to be with O'Reilly? Um, you know, who's, who's going to center that? You know, is it potentially Robert Thomas? I don't know. Um, I, uh, it, it, I think that he's, he's, I'm expecting more from him, you know, even though I, I loved my joke about Hoffman and 40 goals and, and that last year. Um, I, I am truly expecting more, uh, from him, um, than, than I, I did when we signed Hoffman. Yeah. I, you know, I, overall I points wise. He showed me a lot in that that series that uh, that we played against Colorado and got our asses kicked. Uh, he he showed me that he was still in you know peak form, and you know not not somebody that's you know because you kind of think back you know I've I've always kind of compared him with uh, Patrick Sharp, and uh, Patrick Sharp was great until he got to Dallas, had half a decent year in Dallas, and it was downhill. Sod's been consistently good. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he, he's got that, that just speed that uh, the Blues don't have a lot of. And I, I think it's it's going to be great. Uh, you know, they're going to be really good opportunities. And, and I think it, it's, it's got – it's one of the, the signings, if you can't tell, that I'm, I've been most excited about and really anxious to see how he works. Obviously, yep. Bucinevich is everybody's favorite signing and should be yeah. because that's super exciting because I love it when RB rapes another GM. I mean, <laughs> that, that's that's poor terminology on my part. I apologize, but I love it when he pilfers other teams. I mean, come on. Yep. No, uh, we, uh, we know what you mean. And it's always um, an Eastern Conference team. Yeah, yeah, it always is. Um, no, it's... Uh, beautiful we we love that it's fun to watch um i'm reminded of a roy kent line and uh bill i know you're gonna laugh about this it's uh uh, roy kent the first season of ted lasso uh on apple tv was the captain now he's uh well he ends up not to give it away he retires and becomes a pundit he becomes a pundit on um uh, a soccer uh broadcast sky sports and, yep, Sky Sports, yeah. And they uh, they ask him, one of the questions they ask him is, you know, what do you see, you know, coming for this player this season? And he says, I don't fucking know. None of us really know. You know, like, <laughs> we just, we sit here, we talk about what we expect, and then when the player doesn't meet those expectations, we bitch about it. And... <laughs> It's, I hear that and I'm like, God damn it. That's what we do on the podcast. <laughs> that's exactly what we do. That's what everybody does. Yeah. You sit here, you talk about like expectations coming into the year or coming into that game. And, and, oh, if that guy didn't score two goals, well, he did not meet the expectations we had coming into that game. So clearly he had a bad game and it's just, that's not how it works. Uh, but I will say, I do expect uh, Brandon Saad to have a, a, I think the way he plays the game, I think he's going to uh, match the Barubi style. And I think he could have uh, some good chemistry. And whether that's on the first or the second line or even the third line uh, with the Blues, we'll see. But um, I don't think there's any reason to believe that he couldn't have a, a really good year here in St. Louis. 
Uh, Bill, Absolutely. any anything to add? Um, yeah, I, uh, I I can't find it quickly enough. Um, but I I thought you were going to go with the 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 Roy Kent line uh, about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's 16 years old. He'll probably have a wake and go to sleep. <laughs> Something yep, like that. I was one. trying to find the actual quote. That is if a good if one. you haven't gotten in on, on following all the, the characters on Twitter, because they are on Twitter, um, Trent Krim, the independent, follow it. Uh, has They do uh, a, a poll uh, every week, a tournament style poll of best quotes from the show that week. That, oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, uh, one of my favorite quotes was, Well, we lost. He's talking about coaching a, uh, a, a girl's uh, nine year old team. Well, we lost. Would have been closer, but one of the goals got disallowed because apparently nine year olds aren't allowed to do headers yet. Fucking brain development. <laughs> I will again say, folks, best show on television is Ted Lasso. I I yep. cannot get enough of that show. It is so damn funny. Yeah. All right. So so the, I found the actual quote. I don't know. He's seventeen. He'll probably have chips for dinner and awake before bed. <laughs> That's that has got to be the high point of. Roy Kent pundit. Yes. Oh, that was Brilliant. that was good stuff. Uh, one of my favorites is one of the recent episodes when they do the uh, was it the Diamond Dogs, uh, the Diamond mm-hmm. Dog meeting, and and they go, Roy, you want to sit in? And he just goes, Fuck no, no. <laughs> no, when he closes the door, and then they all start hollering. He goes, Well, you all started barking. Does that mean you guys are done? <laughs> yeah. So great. Oh, so such great. good stuff. All right, let's see. We have any uh, other comments we should get to? Um, uh, oh, talking about Saad, uh, 31 Teeth says uh, he plays a solid 200-foot game. Uh, man, Ken Hitchcock would love him then, right? Yeah. That was always the Ken Hitchcock quote. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah. He, I'm Like I said, super excited to see what, what he can bring to the team. Um. Yeah. The only other thing I got, I, I, you know, wish I would have had just a little bit more time to prep for this, but we totally missed an opportunity here tonight to ask Nate and and Dan probably knows too. But what is the deal with the all the NWHL teams having a pet roster and a pet? Yeah. Draft? That's that's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan now of the Buttes since Nate came on the show, but I will say that my second favorite team is the Toronto Six because of Dante the Weimer honor. They they have a Wyme on on their roster, so I'm, that that's that's my team. Yeah, I I noticed that too that they have a, a whole pet roster, which I think is awesome. That is a really yeah. interesting idea and. I I think uh, hopefully they push that more on social media because I think a lot of people can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, it uh, would have been a great topic and uh, yeah, missed opportunity on my part. But yeah. and next time, next time, next we'll time. have one again. Yeah. They'll be back. They'll be back. They're all. They always come back. 
Uh, so, uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Remember, that's rockin', not rocking. Yeah, I'm look at Bill. The hydrate. Thank you, Dustin. It's, it's it's made a big difference for me this week. I had a couple of really long days, and the energy, uh, putting the energy in a smoothie towards the end of the day, really got me through it. So. Yeah, man. Oh, I've done that too. Yeah, I, I make. Uh, I try to make smoothies at least three times a week, and have that for lunch. And yeah, I throw that energy in there, and man, it just it it. Woo, it gets me going in the afternoon. I love it. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, make sure you check out rockin'thatidlife.com, and you also get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745. That number again is 636-393-8745. And tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery and centericebrewery.com. It's St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That will do it for episode 51 of season 9 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. I had fun, Bill had fun, and we hope you had fun. Uh, I will also add thank you very much to Nate Oliver and Dan Rice for joining the show. We love uh, being able to talk about other leagues with team, with uh, with other guys. And then, of course, again, mentioning Dan, a uh, long-time, long-time friend of mine. Uh, known him since I think 2012 now, and uh, just a, a great guy. Knows the sport better than most people I know, except Bill, of course. Uh, just because you're in shouting distance, um, but <laughs> uh, but I, I really do appreciate them coming on. That was a lot of fun having them uh, come on to talk about hockey. So we always appreciate that. So for Bill Day and the on assignment Kurt Price, I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go Buffalo Buttes. Let's go Buttes. And Blues. They bleed. Yeah, well, they do bleed Buttes Blue. I beat Buttes Blue, but Blues Blue, too. Absolutely. Let's go Blues. Uh, The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. 
They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.